Good morning, everybody. I'm Steve. I'm a pastor here at the Gospel Tab. For any visitors who are here, welcome. Um, and also, so this one's a little more random sounding, but does anybody have pain in their left calf? Anybody? Okay. I just felt something in my left calf and wondered if it was, maybe it's my own calf that needs healing. So, all right. So, um, you can turn um, on your phones and your Bibles to Ephesians 5, uh, 6 through 21, where we'll continue in our honor series this morning. Um, If you could stand uh, in honor of his word, I'm saying the word honor a lot right now. Um, And we're going to read, let's read out loud together, if you will. Um, there's also uh, someone had texted me about like uh, just a just a sense that God was growing us in unity as a church family, and so I just want to speak that out um, and just declare that the Lord is growing us in unity. And so, all right, well, um, let's read this out loud together. See that no one deceives you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. As you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord... Do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper. And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, in which there is debauchery, But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. So, just like to the church in Colossae, uh, here Paul is talking to the church in Ephesians, admonishing them to be filled with the Spirit, um, to sing to one another, to meditate on the Lord together. And unlike uh, other letters that he might have written, like to the churches in Galatia or in Corinth, he's not addressing conflict or um, sin issues here, but rather able to talk about the deeper things of God, to build on the foundations of our faith and go a little deeper. 
And so uh, some would say that the first two chapters of Ephesians, just to give a little context here of this letter, some would say those are uh, the passages about being seated in Christ. That is, to be established and rooted in our identity, in our inheritance in the Lord. Uh, chapters 3 and 4 go on to talk about what it is to walk in Christ, um, to function as one body in unity with one another, utilizing our gifts, working as one body uh, on mission uh, for Jesus and in Jesus. And so it's, it talks about being rooted and established in love and, um, you know, uh, these different gifts working together. Chapters 5, where we are here, and 6, uh, or what some would say is what it is to stand in Christ, to continue to walk in this lifestyle of being rooted in our identity, of being on mission in Jesus, and how do we sustain it? How do we continue to live it out in new seasons and so forth? And so here, Paul talks about being filled with thanksgiving, being filled with joy, submitting to one another out of the fear of Christ. And in chapter 6, he would go on to, to talk about how we stand in uh, protection against the enemy's schemes. And so he talks about this journey. I was when I was given this passage to preach, I was reminded of the Lord highlighting Ephesians five to me years ago when I was at an airport. Uh, he dropped uh, a verse or two in my spirit, and so I'm reading this section in the airport, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit illuminated in particular to thank God at all times for all things in the name of Jesus. I'm like, well, at all times, and so I just decided like. What obedience looked like in that moment was just to posture my heart, to make a choice, to just start to thank Him. And I wasn't feeling anything in particular, but I was just started to thank Him for what was, you know, seemingly insignificant things, right? Um, uh, I remember Barb Pupi, a mentor in prayer, just said, like, I, I would thank God for my hangers and my spoons and my, <laughs> and just cultivate this gratitude in her heart as a choice, right? And so, but anyway, so I was doing this, right, at the airport. I'm just thanking God. But then I start to, um, I start to become grateful. Like, now I'm moving. There's like a shift in my heart, if you will, and I'm full of thanksgiving and joy. And I'm, I'm just thanking God for my family and who they are. And I'm beginning to pray for you and yours. And I'm looking up at the airport and I'm like, Lord God, bless these people. Lord God, just their families. And would they know you? And, and Lord, is there anyone you want me to pray for? And so I'm, what's happening is I'm moving from this choice of the will into um, praying. What I would identify as praying in the Spirit. I was moving from a place of doing an assignment or a task to praying from my seat in heavenly places toward um, people's circumstances, people's relationships. And I was praying for people I didn't know and, and so forth. And so what was that shift that day in me? Um, what was it that, as one uh, I heard one say, uh, that I started in the soul, or I started in the flesh, if you will, but I ended in the spirit? What is that? And today, I'll be talking to you about mutual submission as it relates to honoring one another. And what it looks like to do that in the fear of Christ rather than other kinds of fear. Right? It's interesting here that Paul says 
Now, mutually submit to one another um, in the fear of Jesus, or in, in other words, in the reverence or in awe of Jesus. And so, because guys, right, we can submit to each other out of all different kinds of motivations, all different kinds of fear. Um, I can submit to you um, out of, uh, you know, fear of you or what other people think of me, right? And the Lord, uh, and, and that would be because of maybe legitimate wounds that I've had or fears that I have that are rooted in lies that the enemy has spoken to me and caused me to be, to care more about what people think. And so I have these false motivations, even if it is for doing maybe a right thing. And so, um, and so but what God wants to do, and Brooke ministered so beautifully to this this morning, is he wants to highlight those things in us, right? And I heard this beautiful uh, teaching about what repentance is, that word in the Hebrew, teshuva. I heard it last week, and it, it just means to go home. To go home. Repentance. And so, these areas of our heart that God highlights, that's like, that's rooted in a lie. It's not healthy that I'm worrying about what everybody else thinks, and that's what's motivating me for, for submitting to someone, right? And so, but the Lord wants us to, that area of our heart, to turn to Him and receive. If you can imagine the story of the prodigal son, right? His arms wrapped around us. Like, we, this is what we did practice this morning through Brooks Ministry, right? With His arms wrapped around us putting on the best clothes on us, dignifying us, saying we're worthy of His love, and letting that minister that fear out of us. Because the Bible says perfect love casts out fear, right? And so that's really what repentance is, guys. That's the heart of repentance. It's His kindness crashing in on us and leading us home in this area of our heart where we might have feared someone else rather than Jesus. And that's what motivated uh, our submission, right? Um, or we can have a fear of someone uh, for our safety because we've legitimately been hurt by them or are being hurt by them. And that is abuse. And here at the Gospel Tab, as uh, a pastor here, and I know on behalf of our leaders, um, we want to come alongside of you, starting with the message that you're worth more than that and that to come home and receive the Father's embrace, but also in practical ways to come alongside of you and, um, and help you to find safety. Amen. And so to submit to someone out of fear of abuse is also not okay. And um, we want to come alongside of you in that. And so I'm speaking to wrong motivations for our fear or fearing other people rather than Jesus. Lastly, we can earn God's approval by submitting to one another, right? Um, but that's approval that we already have. Amen? Like, we're already approved by the Lord. And so that's, again, counter-gospel or a false narrative that we're believing along the way. Like, why am I trying to earn this um, approval from the Lord if I already have it? And so the Lord, the real gospel is the power of God to make the Word of God manifest in our lives. In other words, we submit to one another by the power of the Spirit of God at work in us. So in other words, I don't... I don't do, I don't submit to you because I fear you. I submit to you because I love you. 
I don't submit to you by my own strength. I submit to you by the strength of the Spirit in me. I don't submit to you for God's approval, but from God's approval by the power of His Spirit at work in me. This is the gospel. This is the fear of Christ. Well, so Paul here says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And it's interesting, in that passage, those last four verses, it's, a, it's one run-on sentence. Be filled with the Spirit all the way through. Submit to one another out of, out of uh, the fear of Christ. And so when he says be filled, he's, talking to, he's writing a letter to a church, right? And so when he says be filled with the Spirit, he's saying that to everyone. Everyone should be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to demystify the filling of the Holy Spirit for us this morning, okay? All people are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This, he's no respecter of persons, number one. Number two, he also commands us that we be filled. He doesn't just say, this is for all. He says, you all should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, this is normal. Be filled. Not only that, but you must be. It's very necessary that you be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to sustain your Christian walk, your faith, with where I want to take you. Amen? And so, here he's saying uh, to the church, be being filled is the translation. So, it's for all. You must be filled, and you must continuously be filled. And so this begs the question, right, what is it to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And so, before I go into that, though, it's kind of like just to say... The, the Lord indwells us at the point of our salvation. The Holy Spirit comes into us fully. And not just part of Him, right? But all of Him. <laughs> and, um, but it's kind of like having the electric at your house updated, but never plugging into the power source. Okay? I have it, but I'm not accessing it. I have access to it, but I'm not plugging in. And so... What does it look like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Brooke kind of ministered this this morning too. This is really what it is the heart of it. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with the word of the Lord that is, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, with whom I'm well pleased. And for that to move from here to your heart supernaturally, for God's message that you are his beloved son and daughter, or daughter, and with whom he's well pleased, for that to move, to minister, for him to speak that, to impart that to your heart, that is the heart of what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And my main point today, um, this should be on the screen too, um, is that nothing is beyond us as Spirit-filled believers, and nothing is beneath us because of the love of the Father. Okay, And so, um, the first question is, what is it to be filled with the Holy Spirit? So, it also begs the question then, right, how do we be filled? What does it look like to plug into the power source, right? You told me what it is, that I have to be filled, that it's for all of us. How do I, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked this morning how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Paul doesn't leave us hanging for long, does he? Right after he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, he tells us how to be filled. He says, and if you can put that on the screen, we're going to go back to these four verses. 
Is that there? That was, um, it's uh, verses 18 to 21. He says, Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms are Bible verses. Psalms are singing the scriptures to one another, right? And so, but then secondly is hymns. That's what we do here most of the time, right? We sing hymns uh, to one another and to the Lord. And hymns being songs inspired by the Spirit, written by men, mostly and women, contemporary music that we might sing here on a Sunday morning that we say we judge this against Scripture and we say this is in alignment with God's love and His character, with who He is. It talks about who he is and who I am in light of who he is and the good news of the gospel. And so we're going to agree out loud together in song, right? And that is a hymn. And so we sing scriptures together. We, or we speak them together in prayer. Or we sing hymns together. Or we sing spiritual songs Brothers and sisters, spiritual songs are new songs inspired by the Holy Spirit that one might sing out in the middle of our gathering that has never been sung before. And how do we know it's in alignment with what we believe in or God's Word? We judge it against Scripture again, and we say, oh, this is in alignment with His character. It's in alignment with His love for us. I can agree with that song in my heart or start to sing it with them. And we can be edified together in that song. And this is primarily how we're filled with the Holy Spirit. He says it right here. Be filled, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to God, worshiping the Lord. You want to cultivate your reverence and awe of Jesus? Worship Him. Start with thanking God for your spoons. <laughs> and you'll move into praise for who He is, worship for who He is, being filled with the Spirit. Do you know you're not filled with the Holy Spirit by your feeling or by some manifestation or by some experience? You are filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. He said, be filled. I'm going to be filled in the name of Jesus. This is my inheritance as a son. He told me I must be filled. He's not some cruel or unusual father who said, you must do this, but I'm not going to give you what I told you to do. No, He's going to fill us. And we're going to be filled by faith, by truth, by His Word made manifest to us that we receive and believe by faith. Amen? Okay, so that's how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And guys, this is the seminal phase of mission. This is the foundation from which we are sent out by God as light. What did Jesus say? He said, wait in the upper room until you're clothed with power from on high to be my witnesses. So we go to our workplaces. We go into our relationships. We go into our circumstances from this place gathered, right? And we are light to those places. Paul says in this passage we just read together, right? That we are light. I had a dream once that uh, it's not metamorphosis, it's photosynthesis. And I think I might have shared this in some teaching context. It's, it sounds really weird, but um, I woke up from that just feeling like the Lord was saying, like, I'm your light source. It doesn't start with transformation. It starts with me, right? And I will transform you and that's why you are light. Do you know that Jesus doesn't just say, I'm the light of the world? He says, 
we are the light of the world. And that's what Paul's saying here, right? And some of you are saying, um, oh, uh, I, I'm thinking of uh, someone shared a story with me recently that uh, one of our, our brothers here uh, told her, I just, I had a vision of light beams coming out of you in a sense that God is giving you your best ministry in the days ahead. Now, we can judge that word, right? And say, that sounds like God to me. He said we're the light of the world. <laughs> he says he's given us things in advance for us to do. So when I judge that against, I say, that's a godly uh, picture, uh, revelation, interpretation. And that sounds like what Paul is saying here and what Jesus says when he says, you're the light of the world. And so some of you are sitting there thinking, like, do you know what I do, what I did this morning, or, or what I've done in the past, and you're questioning that truth, right? But see, Jesus would say to you that, well, you're just living beneath your identity. And because you're a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, the reality is you're the light of the world, and your shit has to just deal with that. <laughs> like, Jesus is challenging you in love and in truth to let his truth transform those dark places of lies that you might believe from legitimate wounds that you might have had or, or from sins of your forefathers or whatever in which, into which you were born. The Lord wants to deal with that because he wants to bring you into alignment with his truth of who he says you are. He says you are the light of the world. And what the light, when the light shines on the darkness, it makes the darkness light. Right? And so that's what God's transforming power is like. Well, I said earlier, nothing is beyond us as spirit-filled believers, and nothing is beneath us because of the love of the Father. You remember when Jesus said, or it says, it's said of Jesus that um, he knew where he had come from and where he was going, so he washed his disciples' feet. Um, about 13 years ago now, uh, Joel, our lead pastor, for anyone who doesn't know that, but um, Joel, uh, he said, he came to me and asked me to come on uh, to the staff at Aliquippa Impact, a youth development ministry that he had founded a few years before that. And um, so I took this position as the operations manager, and a couple years after that, he asked me to lead it. And um, some of you might be surprised by that in and of itself, but... Uh, the kicker really was that he asked uh, me to lead it, and then he would stay on staff and come under my leadership. And you don't hear that every day, right? And there were two reasons Joel could do that. Uh, because one, he knew who and he knew whose he was. He knew he was the Lord's. He knew he was loved. He knew he was light, <laughs> right? Enough to say... Um, I'm secure in my identity to do this. And the second reason was because of the humility that the Lord was cultivating in Joel to say, I think your leadership, Steve, is better in the life of this ministry, in, in this season of the life of this ministry, than mine. And so I want to come under it and use my gifts in a different way. And uh, a few years later, uh, I did the same thing with Brandy Pupi. And so um, I said to Brandy, I feel like the Lord's calling you to lead this ministry at Aliquippa Impact. 
and can I work for you? <laughs> I need a job. So, um, but, but why? Um, it's because I believe the Lord was, cult- was, was creating culture, the culture of the kingdom of God and what it's like. He was doing a kind of gospel DNA transfer, if you will, from Joel to me and me to Brandy about this culture that he was establishing of his kingdom to say that if you know who and whose you are, and if you'll walk in my humility through gospel transformation because of what I've done on the cross and by the power of my spirit, nothing is beneath you, right? And that's supposed to be normal for all of us, that nothing is beneath us. And it wasn't because Joel died to himself 13 years ago. It's because Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago that we can walk in that. Amen? It's no, it's no might of our own. It's no goodness of our own. It's only because of the Spirit at work in us. This is why he says, in one run-on sentence, you must be filled with the Spirit in order to submit to one another out of the fear of Christ. Right? That it's by my Spirit, not by man's might or power. Jake, if you can come and play as I close. Um, 2nd,ly nothing is beyond us because we're spirit-filled believers. Nothing's beneath us, but also nothing is beyond us. This is why in the last few months, I have seen so many of you submit to Christ's leadership and experience His supernatural freedom because all things are possible for those who believe. And this, again, brothers and sisters, is why Jesus said, wait in the upper room until you've been clothed with power. Because, guys, as Spirit-filled believers, we also can walk in power ministry to set people free, to bring new life where there was death. And I just want to close with this um, story of Stephen. Uh, the Lord just led me to this um, passage as I was preparing for this message and preparing my heart in this. Um, because I want to show you a picture of the filling of the Holy Spirit at work in a man in the worst of circumstances, in the worst of moments in his life. And that even then, you can see what it is to be light in the darkness. So I feel like this is a good example because if we can do this, it's a picture of we can do anything. So Stephen, it's on the screen here, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they began to stone him. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And so here you see that Stephen is explicitly filled with the Holy Spirit, the first martyr of Christ's church in this passage. He's filled with the Holy Spirit at the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? He has a supernatural... I love how Jesus draws near to the brokenhearted, right? 
And here he is being stoned to death, and Jesus shows up, <laughs> right? And um, I love, Brooke, how you ministered that inviting God into those places, right? To show up, to show I've never failed you, you were never alone. And you see him do this with Stephen in this worst of moments. And not only that, but you see Stephen pray as Christ. Or you might say, in the Spirit, forgive them. Do not hold this against them. Sound familiar? Jesus did that, and Jake referenced it this morning. Do not hold this against them. Forgive them as they executed Stephen here. Guys, this is what it is to live in the worst of circumstances. To be able to bless those who curse you. To pray for those who persecute you. Only by the filling of the Spirit. So even in this kind of situation, we can experience the life, the light, the goodness of the Lord. And so guys, I just want to, in conclusion, encourage us to never forsake pursuing God's presence as primary together in the filling of the Spirit because the days ahead can be hard. There will be trouble, Jesus says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. How do we take heart? But to keep coming together and never forsaking the upper room, if you will. What Jesus called the upper room. He said, don't leave the upper room until you've been clothed with power from on high. And this, brothers and sisters, like I said, as Paul talked to the church in Ephesus, chapters 5 and 6, this standing in Christ being rooted and established in His promises, in His goodness. This is what we do. This is what we did this morning. We stayed rooted. We said, we're going to come again and again and again into God's presence, not forsaking the upper room so as to be light in a dark world. Amen? Bless you.